Set review, everybody. It feels like we've got, been gone for a little bit because yeah, we have. We sure have been. And apologies for that. We had the entire intent to produce a double feature episode for you guys. And you know what? Like, unfortunately, some problems happened with the recording, some problems happened with the episode. And unfortunately, uh, we couldn't record it. We had a great two hour, yeah. two and a half hour episode that we meant to upload and to record and we recorded it but uploading it mm, sometimes you run into some problems yeah allow me to clarify the problem Uh, (laughs) yeah please do please do because i am unaware that i'm still honestly not sure exactly what happened but we um you might have saw on our instagram Anthony and I went with a friend of the show, Kevin, and friend of the show, Pals, to go see the Marvel exhibit at the Franklin Institute in Philly a little over two weeks ago, and it was an awesome time. It was. Um, it was but, a really uh, good time. Yeah, it was, it was great. Re- really good time. Yeah. If, if there's anyone out there, if you want to go and see it, if you're in the Philadelphia area, I strongly encourage, go and check it out. It's at the Philadelphia uh, Franklin Institute. Yeah. And but, uh, I would definitely encourage you to go and see it. So uh, as as me and the boys are uh, want to do, we uh, might have been drinking just <laughs> a little bit. Um, and we man, did, it was such a great episode too. Yeah. I'm so like I'm so like heartbroken Dude. that the episode is like for some reason it got the file got corrupted when we recorded it. No, I don't it, even think it's that bad. I honestly think I just forgot to hit on on the recorder. Well, like was, the I was, I was actually up, trying like, to save face. Yeah, no, but, hey, man. I mean, I'll, if you want to accept responsibility, no, man, that's I'll, on you. <laughs> I'll take the hit on this one, man. We were drinking beers at like starting at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. We went to the Marvel exhibit, not sober, but like sober enough. And it wasn't until 11.30 midnight-ish, so 12 hours, 10 hours of drinking where we decided, oh, let's record a podcast with two of our best friends. <laughs> and we did, and it was epic. Like Anthony said, we recorded for about two hours just talking about just nonsense, and it was great. And I'm fairly certain that when I set everything up, I just didn't hit the fucking on button. So <laughs> that's my uh, that's my story. And uh, apologize, yeah, you know. Yeah. So we apologize that we haven't been around for a couple of weeks. That we've had a couple of weeks off in between episodes. And but we're back. We're back. And we are here with you. And we are going to be moving forward. And we are going to be talking about everything that we want to talk about in terms of movies, music, comics, and culture. This is your favorite podcast to listen to when you are talking about those topics. And we are the greatest podcast hosts. I am your host, Anthony. And I am Matt. And here we are today to talk about everything that has come out of San Diego Comic-Con, or at least a few a few main topics. Yeah. So it's not everything, but we're going to talk about a few highlights and, and some things that we think are going to just be absolutely incredible. Yeah. So let's really, be honest. really excited to be with you guys tonight. Because let's be honest, everything that came out of San Diego Comic-Con that was not Marvel, nobody gives a shit about right now. <laughs> because Marvel absolutely annihilated San Diego Comic-Con I mean, this year. Is it fair to say that Disney is like the biggest media icon of, of like fine. our generation? Like, I am fine I mean, with it's, that. It's, I mean, they're doing everything right. They are literally like 
they, like of all the top three grossing films of 2019, they're all Disney movies. Yes. They're all yeah. Disney movies. And here's the way I look at it, too. A lot of people, you know, especially when the Fox merger happened, a lot of people were like, you know, oh, it's 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 lowering the, uh, you know, the, the level of competition in Hollywood. They had to pass, you know, the antitrust uh, investigation before they signed off on the merger. And, and believe me, I understand those concerns, having worked in the corporate world and worked at these big kind of companies, not media companies, but just big fortune. I understand the concerns. But... The way we are looking at it is that as long as they are continuously putting out good content, which they have really yet to disappoint, I don't give a flying fuck what they do because they are giving us as fans literally the – we have spank banks for the next <laughs> 15 generations of fucking comic book fan stuff. It is outrageous the amount of things they are putting out and are announcing to put out over the next three to four years. Just all the greatest wank stuff for fans. Yeah, it really man. is. Just, it really is, and it's so exciting, and there has been so much to come out of San Diego Comic-Con that we're so excited to talk to you guys about tonight. So we'll, let's jump right into it. Actually, you know what? So before we get into the San Diego Comic-Con stuff, I want to oh. focus on some DC stuff because okay. I don't want to lose sight okay. of this because okay. Marvel had so many announcements. Yeah. And as we all know, we discussed on a previous episode, DC was skipping Hall H this year. But in, you know, I, I got to say, I really like the move that DC pulled here because even though they skipped Hall H, they announced this news pretty much the same time that Marvel is announcing their shit. And while, you know, Marvel announced like 18 things that all sound awesome, DC arguably only announced one, but man, it's a fucking big one. And yeah, I want to bring it, really it up. Is. I want to start with it because Anthony mentioned at the beginning talking about your favorite podcast and how yeah. awesome we are. And this is frankly something that we've been talking about for quite a while. And apparently it turns out that DC and Warner Brothers are listening to our podcast yeah, because... I mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious that DC are actually listeners. They're true reviewers. They are. They're a part of our podcast. They want to listen in. They want to... They're, they're, they're taking notes and good for them. Good for them because we're, we're laying down billion-dollar ideas left and right for them. So good for them. I'm glad that they are. And there's been a lot of things that have come out of San Diego Comic-Con that have been literally things that we have been talking about yeah. for the last few months. So, so, let's, so this let's, is so exciting. I'm really excited to like... So let's preface the, the big announcement by, by just giving you a little bit of context. So we've talked about this before several times. And if anything has proved our point, this does. The Arrowverse, which is yeah. the CW shows Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, yep. and Legends of Tomorrow, yep. have consistently outperformed uh, – well, not financially because they're TV shows, but in terms yeah. of content and critical appeal and fan appeal – have consistently outperformed 10 out of 10 the DC Extended Universe on the big screen. That is garbage. The Arrowverse has been near flawless. So, now, let's touch on that for a second yeah. because, because it seems to be that in today's culture that TV shows are actually – more prominent, more sought after than our movies yeah. right now because people spend more time diving into TV shows, marathoning TV shows when they have the opportunity. They pick their show. They get a chance to sit and they watch 
eight hours of a single show rather than watching two hours of a single movie and going to see it in the theater. Yep. Right. So people are more inclined to be able to watch a show and you can tell a better story. It is so much of a better medium yep. than, than is just a, an hour and a half movie or an, or a two hour movie yeah. or even a two and a half hour movie. Right. With with like Batman versus Superman, it was two and a half hours. I would argue that you will have a better experience going and watching the Supergirl CW show than you would Batman versus Superman and and watching that for two and a half hours. Without question, like without question, they the the DC uh, TV universe has been near flawless. The interconnected universe that we, we affectionately call the Arrowverse because yeah. it started with Arrow. Yeah, it started Then with came Arrow. The Flash, then came uh, Supergirl, and then came Legends of Tomorrow, which was essentially a combination or an amalgamation of characters that had appeared in all of those shows being on one show, and it's great. Right. And so I would say, uh, I honestly forget when they did their first crossover because Arrow is going into like its eighth season now. Yeah. Um, I want to say probably around the fourth season of Arrow is when they did their first crossover. And it was all four shows crossing over, and it was an epic crossover. It was over four yeah. four episodes, and then they did a second crossover, and that was even better. And then they did a third crossover, and that was even better. And now they are – so the last crossover they did was uh, Infinite Crisis. Uh, the Monitor uh, – was it, was it – wait, was it The Monitor or The Anti-Monitor? The Monitor. The Monitor was like the sort of big yeah, bad – you know, yeah. And it was a, and it was an, And he's been in every right. crossover event, and it's, it's almost seeming like the, he's building up yeah. to be this like – bigger thing that right. they're going to have in a much bigger way. Right. Right. So Which we is all, exactly what it was in the comic book. Yeah. So the, so the, uh, infinite crisis, uh, crossover or, or crisis on earth X, whatever, infinite crisis was, well, there was, there was, there was crisis there was, on earth X. And what was the last on one they just X, did? Then there was Elseworlds. Elseworlds. I'm sorry. Elseworlds. Then infinite crisis. Elseworlds. Right. right. Elseworlds. And then the next one right. is going to be crisis on infinite earth, right. which was in the eighties, that was the big reboot. For those of you who are not comic book fans, who are who are like hardcore out there, who don't subscribe to the DC Universe app, it, it Idiots. is the, well, you know, <laughs> you know, not everybody can buy everything. So you know, it's it is the big crossover between like like all of the comic books in the 1980s of the DC Universe, and it completely rewrote and re. It, it rewrote the history yeah. of the DC universe. It was a reboot before a reboot was a thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. It was a complete reboot, and it was, but it was an epic storyline. And all of a sudden, you had all these characters. You had multiple Superman, multiple yeah. Batman, multiple Robin, multiple like all these characters. Like there are yeah. all the cool characters coming in from all different forms and all different timelines and storylines coming in and merging and not only merging but also being introduced at the same time yeah totally which which i think is really really cool and i think it's something that they're trying to do with the cw show which is literally exactly what we've been talking about yeah and they've been they are now going to be taking characters from other mediums and bringing them into the cw universe which I mean, like, if you're a fan, like, this is this is everything that we've ever wanted. Yeah. This is everything that we've ever hoped for. This is everything we've ever imagined and and ever like could have could have ever been. And here it is. We're actually going to get a chance to see it on our TVs. Yeah. So that's the big news that came out of this was that you know they they announced that the next big crossover event for the Arrowverse was going to be Crisis on Infinite Earths, and we all got really excited about that. Yep. And then we all 
literally jizzed our pants when they released <laughs> word that their uh, Brandon Ruth, I think I think it's actually Brandon Routh, whatever. Brandon Ruth is who played Superman and yeah, who played Superman in the criminally underrated Superman Returns is coming back as Superman in the next crossover, but he's coming back as motherfucking Kingdom Come Superman, which I don't care what anybody says, Kingdom Come is unquestionably, for me at least, the greatest, single greatest storyline DC has ever written. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking about Alex Ross and Mark Wade, and they just wrote an incredible story, and if there's, it, it's, it's one of those stories where if you're talking to someone and they have no idea about comic books, they've never read a comic book, they've never, they've never enjoyed comic book movies, they've never enjoyed anything, you give them this graphic novel and you say, yeah. here, read this. And if you read this and you're not a fan afterwards, like, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what exactly. you want. Like, like Kingdom Come is just such an it's incredible flawless. story. It's it's sort of an alternate future of the DC Universe where Superman has gone away and there's all of these superheroes that that are coming out of the woodworks and they're fighting with each other. They're bickering. They're, they're, there's no control. There's lawlessness everywhere. And there's no order and just absolute utter chaos. And Superman is just in absolute exile. Yep. And, you know, and he's just... Just, he's living on a farm or on a, actually it's, it's actually, not even a real farm no yeah. it's not even a real farm yeah. it's a manufactured it's like a farm. biodome yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> in a biodome yeah. and then it's wonder woman who comes and gets him and yep. like brings him back and is like and then he okay. becomes tyrant superman yeah. and yeah. then he becomes like the most awesome superman and so it's really yeah. exciting because they also announced that uh tom welling who played clark kent slash superman in the amazing smallville series from almost like almost a decade ago now yeah yeah. Um, yeah. It will also be coming back as a Superman character. So they're bringing in the multiverse stuff. And here's – now, if, if that's not exciting enough, here's what I'm going to yeah. say. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm, I'm going to say it. And I'm, I'm not officially wrong oh. yet. Oh, yeah. But yet. given the fact yeah. that in the last big crossover when they did Elseworlds, they brought back John Wesley's ship who had been playing Barry Allen's father. Right, um, they right. brought him back as his original Flash character from the early 90s movie and TV show. They brought him back as the Flash with the original suit. And now that they're announcing Brandon Routh and Tom Welling coming back, it gives me a little bit of pause and I have to think about it. And again, I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but there's a small chance, a small chance small. that Anthony – might actually be right, and they're sitting on the biggest Easter egg of all time, and we're going to get in this crossover Michael Keaton as old man Bruce Wayne. Okay, so you hear, you heard it here first, okay? I want to acknowledge and say I have been talking about it for months. You true reviewers who have been listening to us have been listening to it and have been hearing about it. It is one of the biggest, best ideas that, that DC could absolutely have, and that is bring back Michael Keaton as Batman. Yep. Whether it's in a TV show, whether it's in a movie, if we can get it, let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah. Right? And there is there's so much about what they're doing. So we've heard about not only Tom Welling, but we've also heard about, obviously, Brandon Ruth. Yep. We've heard about the Titans from DC Universe, the the, the Titan show, are all going to be on this Crisis on Infinite Earths 
uh, episode. There's also going to be uh, Linda Carter, who is coming back. To that's play. just a rumor. That's, but well, that's I a wouldn't rumor. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. But, I mean, it's a rumor, yep. but she'll be coming back to play an older version, maybe, of Wonder Woman. That would be dope. Right? And also, now, could it be that they could bring back, as a surprise, Michael Keaton yeah. as Batman? And how much of a... like? Must-see TV, like, absolute must-see episode, absolute, like, again, everything that we've ever wanted, like, everything that we've been talking about. We, you know, we've, we've mentioned about how DC can do a, a multiverse because that is one of the biggest things for DC where they would be able to do a multiverse and they could bring in all these characters from all these other mediums that they've had yeah. and they can bring them all into one universe and yeah. center them. It's staring and, them right in the face. I mean, because, it's literally staring yeah. them right in the face. Because and unlike such, like... Like, what's it going to cost them? An extra hundred thousand dollars is like, like, yeah. is it going to make that much of a it's difference? It's a fucking TV show budget. They could, they could do like, and, and and it's one of those things too, where like, I have to, I have to say, I feel like, you know, I feel like I know Michael Keaton a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like me and Michael Keaton are like, we're, we're tight, you know? Yeah, but yeah, you're like boys. You guys are like besties. I got to be honest, from like what, I, from like the kind of things you read in like tabloids and like when people report on guys like Michael Keaton, he just seems like an all-around fucking good dude and i feel yeah. like he's the kind of guy that if they were to come up to him and say hey do you want to just have this even if it's for like a just one five minute scene do you want to come back and reprise your role as batman slash bruce wayne in this one episode of this epic crossover we're doing on this semi-low budget tv show i feel like he'd be like fuck yeah man semi-low budget i would say semi-high budget well i mean hey, in, hey, in terms hey. of I'm, I'm comparing it to movie budgets the you oh, know it's, still, it's high budget for tv did yes, you see but. the did you see the 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 last episode of the season for Supergirl Not with yet. Lex Luthor Not and yet. oh my god, it looks like yeah. it looks like Iron Man. Yeah, it looks like a big budget movie. Yeah, like TV shows are getting the budgets that movies have right now, and now we're going to get this crossover event that's going to have everyone, everyone that you've ever yep. wanted, even Burt Ward. Burt Ward. I heard who, about that. Yes. Burt Ward, who played Robin in the 1960s Batman show, is going to be in this crossover. How cool is that? Like, and who is he going to be? Doesn't right? matter. Just having him there would be awesome. Yeah. But wouldn't it be cool if he wasn't Robin, but like an like, old Nightwing, like, or or like they did in Batman Beyond? They they make him like a Joker character, yeah. where he's like this this like really deranged and like yep. like like a child abused like Joker character now like yeah. oh my god there's so much that they could do with this and there's so much the speculation and there's so much hype and it's so exciting and it's just awesome and here's the last prediction I'm gonna make for this because so. The one thing that the the CW, the Arrowverse, has done when they do their crossovers is they usually do the crossovers. You know, it's one episode for each show in the crossover, and they usually do the crossovers like at like the more or less the midway point in the season, usually on episode nine or ten. Yep. Um, but because it's been announced officially that this season will be the last season of Arrow, what I'm predicting and what I think would be great is if they they treat. Arrow, Stephen Amell's character, Oliver Queen, they treat him like Tony Stark, and they yeah. hold the crossover event till the end of the season, and because everyone's expecting Arrow to die in the last season of Arrow, which I think would be great. So they should hold the crossover event until the last few episodes of each show's season, and have 
Arrow die at the end and just like take another page from the Marvel book, just very much like Tony Stark started the MCU yeah. and yeah. ended, you know, the first chapter of the MCU. Yeah. Have Oliver Queen, who started the Arrowverse, end the Arrowverse, sacrificing his life to save the universe or the multiverse and whatever story they come up with for this crossover. That yeah. I think would be just like so like just such a kick in the dick yeah. and like so fanboy just mark yeah, out but, shit and, and just like a great way to put like the the clothes on his character yeah. because they've actually used green arrow in previous comics in the 90s to be able to to close out stories like that right yep. where he sacrificed himself in order to save the universe, like in Zero Hour, right? Yep. He sacrifices himself in order to stop Parallax from destroying the entire timeline and destroy the entire universe. Here's Arrow right now. Here's the Green Arrow, you know, who is, you know, he's trying and he's just a human. He's not a superhuman who's using everything that he has in order to save the universe. And it's and, so awesome. I mean, they just have so many ways to go with this. And let's let's dissect this a bit, right? So, so okay. So first and foremost, the most exciting is Brandon Ruth, who played Superman in Superman Returns, yep. which Superman Returns is a direct sequel to Superman number two. Superman two, which was the Christopher Reeve yep. Superman, uh, if you watch Superman 2, the direct sequel is not Superman 3, but it's supposed to be Superman Returns. Right. Yeah, Superman because Returns wipes Superman out those 3, they, Yeah, they try and get rid of Superman 3 and Superman yeah, and 4. Nuclear they, yeah, and Nuclear Man. Nuclear Man. But, so, when I first saw Superman Returns, I didn't like it. I, I thought that the movie was not good. I thought I thought it was it was... It was cheesy. It wasn't fun. He doesn't fight a big bad guy. He doesn't punch an alien in the face. You know, it's like it's like a waste of Superman. Yep, completely going agree. Going back, going back after now that I have seen Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Justice League, all of these movies that have come out, I actually have a certain endearment to Superman Returns because it shows Superman as a hero. Yep. It shows him as the hero and as the 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 benevolent character that he should be, that people look up to, that that people want to be, right? It shows him as that positive influence, right? And it shows him very naturally as as being Superman, right? And like that's what you want out of a Superman movie, other than what they did with him in Justice League, which I actually didn't hate. Which he comes in as deus ex machina and he just saves the day. Yeah. Fine. I want one of the two. I either want Superman to be our absolute pure hero or I want Superman to be the guy who comes in and saves the day until you get the one movie where Superman is the bad guy. I don't want to have it hinted where Superman is like, maybe he's the bad guy, maybe he's not. No, I don't want that. Right. So going back and watching Superman Returns and watching Brandon Ruth, I really don't think that he ever got the credit that he deserves for being Superman and for carrying the torch the way that he did. And I think that he's going to get that, especially now because he's not wearing just a Superman costume. He's yep. going to be kingdom come Superman. Literally one of the greatest stories that DC has ever produced. He's going to be that version of Superman and wow, wow. He not only that, but he's in the fucking 
interview and he stands up and he reveals a Superman, a kingdom come Superman shirt under his own shirt. It just shows you how much that this actor wants to play this character, right? Like you look at people like Jennifer Lawrence who didn't want to be Mystique, right? And you look at other people who haven't wanted to play that superhero character. They haven't wanted to be typecast. Here's an actor who wants to be that character. And not only is he going to get a chance to be that character, he's going to be the best version of that character. And for all of us fanboys out there, some real wank stuff for fans. <laughs> we're going to get Tom Welling, uh, who is in Smallville. He was Clark Kent in Smallville. We're going to get Dean Kane, oh, who, God, who yes. is he going to come back wearing the outfit? Is he not going to come back? He has been in the show before. Is he going to come back as the character he was before? Is he going to come back as Superman? We don't know. How many Supermen do you need? How many Supermen are they going to have? I don't know. But it's really exciting, and they really have done a lot to make us excited about what's going to happen in this Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover on the CW shows. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I am super fucking thrilled. I don't think I've ever been more excited for anything DC in a very long time. For a very long time. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, like like I said, the the CW shows have been consistently good. Like, even when the CW shows are not as good, they're still better than the movies. Like, still 100%. Yeah. And so I I just can't wait to see where they go with this. I'm I'm super fucking hard in this whole thing. And even if he has, like, you know what? Not for nothing. I don't even care. Even if he only has five, ten minutes of screen time, you know, and that's a lot. But, like, even if he only has a couple of lines and he only does a couple of cool things and then he just disappears after that, I'm completely okay with that. Yeah. Right? Because he's coming back. And I think that it really makes the Superman 1, Superman 2, Superman Returns, that's the now it's going to be the definitive Superman movie storyline. Totally. And And it gives him room to come back in the DCEU. And I think it would be so great if they just, like, when they introduce him as Kingdom Come Superman, they address, like, what happened in that movie timeline. And it's just like, yeah, Lex Luthor killed Lois Lane. I snapped his fucking neck. Like, just something like that. It shows why he turns sort of evil. You know, that would be so great. Like, oh, man. Or the Joker. The Joker was the one who killed Lois Lane, and he... Imagine if they, a bomb off. Imagine if they oh get imagine if they get Gene Hackman to come back as Lex Luthor is for he like. Is he still alive? I don't think Gene Hackman. I'm pretty sure he's alive. I don't, I don't think Gene know. Hackman's I dead. Know. I know he's retired. <laughs> I know he's. I know he. I know he officially retired from acting, but I don't recall seeing a headline that he died. But, he's officially retired, but. Or would you bring back Kevin Spacey? Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think so. I don't think they're gonna kid touch that one. So. Uh. <laughs> oh my god, Matt, you're terrible. So let's move on to Marvel. All right. At San Diego Comic Con. So okay. So DC, we're really excited. Yeah. You know, Good for you. And it's and it's it's a little bit disappointing that the only thing to come out of San Diego Comic Con was this, right? And now. The fact that it is this, and or like not the only thing, this but like is huge, the major thing, but like this is huge, right? And like, you know, it's it, it really is a little bit disappointing because like DC has better superheroes than Marvel on paper. Like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman are better than 
They're, they're they're more popular. They're cooler characters. Yeah, I was gonna say define better. Yeah, define like, better. Uh, yeah. Well, well, before the movies have come yeah, out, right. like yeah. you wouldn't in the '90s, you wouldn't bank on Captain America or exactly. Iron Man for a T-shirt line yeah. ever. Certainly you'd more bank popular. On, you'd bank on Superman a hundred times out of a hundred. Yep, absolutely. You know? And so we're we're really excited. And it's gonna be really interesting to see where it goes. The CW shows are incredible. They're so well done. And I just can't wait to see what they do with this and how they form the Crisis on Infinite Earths, which yeah. is ex- literally exactly what we've been talking about for months. Yeah. So we're we're actually going to get something that we have fanboyed out about and that we have talked about and, and postulated for for months now. We're actually going to get an actual result from that. So thank you, DC. Thank you, CW. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, they, DC, CW, Warner Brothers, they are all clearly yeah. true reviewers. They yeah, are listening to our podcast. So consider yourself a member of the elite. That's right, baby. <laughs> so Marvel. The elite. Yeah, so Marvel. This is great. So Marvel. Right, so Marvel. I, I don't even know where to begin. Because Man. Marvel just fucking. Yeah, on the like, opposite end of the yeah. spectrum, they released. Literally everything. Marvel just showed up at San Diego Comic-Con. They went into Hall H with their dicks hanging out, (laughs) just bent everybody over and was like, yeah, take it. Fucking take it. Because – so the thing that like just blew me away about – so we're going to get into all the announcements. The thing that blew me away about Marvel's appearance at Hall H was the fact that up until they went to Hall H and had their panels – the only thing that had been sort of leaked in the news media was the the Eternals movie and that, you know, Angelina Jolie had been cast and Salma Hayek had been cast and, you know, Keanu was in talks and stuff. But that was really the only thing that had been leaked. Like, we knew that Hawkeye was getting a show. We didn't really know anything about it. We knew that Falcon and Winter Soldier were getting a show. We didn't really know much about it. And then they just come out. Just all guns, fucking blazing, big swinging dicks all over the fucking place. Yeah, left and right. Man, so so what? What's Man. first on our list? We gotta take so, it, all of these one by so one. So there's there's just so many different movies that they have announced. But first on the list is the movie Eternals. Now this is yeah. gonna come out in November of 2020. It's state. It's slated to come out in November of 2020. Not only is it gonna have uh, Angelina Jolie. But it's also going to have Selma Hayek, and it's going to have Richard Madden in it. Now, Richard Madden uh, is Rob Stark. Uh, it, uh, was. It was. Well, was. <laughs> he, he died. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, so did, so did, so did everybody <laughs> yeah, else. So did everybody. Own, so. Yeah, Rob Stark. Like, yeah. I like this casting. Yeah, so I really like this casting. Now, they haven't told what characters they're playing or who they are. Well, actually, that's not true. Um, they, they did announce who's playing each character. Oh. But I didn't make note of it because I'll just I'll just I'll just come out and fully admit it. I've never They're read a single change. Yeah. Well not only that, no, I've just I've never read really a single issue of anything about the Eternals. I've only ever seen them in passing in certain things. So as much of a Marvel mark as I am, I will be f- fully transparent that the Eternals are the a group of characters and heroes that I know the absolute least about. So even when I was reading like who's cast as who, because they've got all the main actors with their parts down, 
I didn't recognize. I recognized one name. I recognized Icarus, Richard Madden yeah. playing Icarus. Yeah. That was the only name I recognized. I didn't recognize another single fucking name. So between now yeah. and this movie, I will be reading a lot of these comics to brush up on it. But I'll be perfectly honest. I I don't know dick about the Eternals. Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree with you there. I'm not I'm not a a space Marvel guy. I don't know a lot about the Eternals. Yeah. Um, I haven't read a lot about them. You and know, I'm I, know, at- I know about Thanos. I know about the Infinity Gauntlet. Right. I have the graphic novel. I've read it. You know, I have a bunch of Thanos comics. But, like, when it comes to the Eternals and some of the other space characters... You know, they, they're all uh, yeah, Marvel, they're all over the place. Marvel so. Cosmic is very far reaching and, and I'll be and I'll be you know, I'm gonna say about the Eternals what I said about Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, this was obviously before Ready Set Review was a podcast, but when Anthony and I would talk about this, I was one of the few Anthony agreed with me, but among our nerd 100%. friends, I was one of the few that said Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be a great movie because at the time when they announced the movie Guardians of the Galaxy at the time, they were not – The Guardians of the Galaxy was not a comic book that sold a lot. It wasn't a lot of what people read, and the original Guardians of the Galaxy was nowhere near the team that we now know from the movies. It was a completely different team. There was actually – there was there were characters called uh, Justice, uh, Martin X, um, Yondu actually was an original member of the yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Yondu was. repurposed his part. So what, I, what I'm saying is that the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comic books pre-movie looked – one thousand percent different than they did in the uh, in the MCU, and right. now when you read the comics, it's all the MCU version. So I think that they are going to very much become the Eternals will become the next like big thing if they do this right because they've got you know aside from Angelina Jolie, who I frankly don't think is a very good actress, doesn't change the fact that she's an A-lister. And they've got Selma Hayek, and they've got Richard Madden, all A-list people, plus a bunch of other people who are, you know, teetering on the A-list edge, definitely B-list, known names. Like, so, this has the potential to be the next Guardians of the Galaxy for Marvel, and I'm very excited about it, even though I don't know dick about the Eternals. Yeah, and I, I would actually prefer it that way, right? Where I don't know a lot about it, I'm, I'm really curious. It's it's going to be like a brand new storyline to me. They can go with it. And I'm not, I'm not like, oh, the book was better. The comic right. book was better. They're not true to the comic book character. I'm actually really excited to see this because I've heard whispers. I've, you know, I've read things and I've, I've seen comic books that have some of these characters in it. And, and it's really going to be something cool because it's there haven't been like entire comic book lines based around yep. these characters they're almost ancillary characters but they're super powerful that we're going to get a chance to see and the rumor that Keanu Reeves might be one of them and that Angelina Jolie is going to be in there and Selma Hayek and and Richard Madden like I, I think it's going to be awesome i yeah. really think that it's going to be a really cool a very very different addition to the Marvel MCU, and it seems like they're taking it, you know, very on a different route, where they're now going into the cosmic route, now it's going to be very sci-fi, now it's going to get away from Earth, you know, hopefully we have Captain Marvel, who's going to be showing up in a lot of these things, because that's who she is, she's patrolling, literally, so it's like, you know, everyone else is patrolling Earth, 
and then Captain Marvel is patrolling the rest of the universe. That's so great. So hopefully she shows up at some point and like is really cool and yeah. at least has a cameo. Yeah, I you agree. Know? So I think that's one know. thing we're gonna see a lot more from Marvel, and we'll talk about this in some of the other announcements. But I think one of the things we're gonna see a lot more from Marvel in Phase Four is that it's going to be a lot more common to see other characters with their own movies appear in other yeah. people's movies. Yeah. And which would yeah. be, that's awesome. That, that's awesome. Which, which is that long form storytelling. Right. Like, which, which is really what I think they're going to yeah. do with Spider-Man. Yeah. 100%. You know? and, and we'll touch on Spider-Man at the end. Yeah. Right. But, you know. What's because, next on our list? Uh, next on the list is the TV show. So it's going to be on the, the Disney Plus app. And that is Falcon and Winter Soldier. Man, man, fuck, fuck, fuck. I am so (laughs) – this might be the one I'm most excited for because we talked about it before. We've been talking about this one for a long time too, I feel, because like it is literally your favorite form of movie. Dude, I'm telling you. It is the buddy cop formula and it is Falcon and Winter Soldier and Falcon is going to be Captain America and it's just – Awesome. And Falcon, so cool. And Falcon and Winter Soldier, their their uh, rapport in Civil War was just so. It was just so textbook buddy cop. Yeah. Like just textbook buddy cop, yeah. and it was one of the best parts about Civil War. And now to get a whole movie with them, especially with Falcon as as the new Captain America after yeah. we saw an Endgame, I'm super excited for this because it's you know I, I don't think they they really haven't released any story details, but obviously it's taking place after Endgame, so. It's it's going to be a very much a cool continuation of where we get to see that and the big news on this one and this wasn't necessarily released at, at, at Hall H it came out like a week later Daniel Brawl who played Baron Zemo in Civil War yep. who I think was Great as Baron Zemo, but, yeah, but many a, people. Yeah, a little bit of a letdown because yeah, he, right. wasn't, he wasn't. Right. Baron he wasn't Zemo. comic accurate. He wasn't yeah. Baron Zemo. And many people like bitched about that, but I thought it was great. Well, he released on his Instagram a little slideshow. It was one picture of him as just him. And then the next picture, when you swiped, was him as a mostly looking comic accurate Baron, Baron Zemo. fucking Zemo. Yeah. And the whole Marvel fan universe collectively got hard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think it's going to be one of the coolest things that they do. And because it's a show, it's not just a standalone movie, just like we were talking about with the CW shows. I think that once the Disney Plus app comes out, all of a sudden they're going to recognize that here we have all of this opportunity to create these longer form stories yep. that we can tell with these individual characters and then bring them back to the main universe right absolutely and we're going to have the same actors playing the characters as we did in the movies which i think that is the biggest thing to talk about yeah i completely agree and that's like the the coolest thing for me is that they're yeah, getting these 100%. actors on board for these shows and even though you know like falcon and winter soldier will be a, a limited series i don't expect them to do like multiple seasons of this it's just just the fact that it's it's going. I, I think what they're going to do. I think I think they're going to more or less like bookend it um, from Endgame. You know, because Endgame was we talked about very much a a send off for the original team. It was a send off for Iron Man, Black Widow, um, yep. you know, Thor, and you know, Hawkeye didn't get so much of a send off, but he's going to get his show. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yep. And Falcon and Winter Soldier also did really not get a send off. So this is going to be not necessarily a send off, but it's just a continuation of their story, and it's 
gonna be fucking great. It's, like, gonna, it's gonna, gonna be, be awesome. So it's gonna be so much fun. It's gonna be so funny. It's gonna be like it just every episode. There's gonna be dark episodes. There's gonna be light episodes. Yep. Where you don't have to have everything that is in one one single tone. You can have multiple episodes that are in all different tones, and it's just gonna be. It's going to be so great. It's right. really, I'm really excited for yeah, it. Yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah. What's next on our list? So next is the movie of Shang-Chi. So Shang-Chi. I'm really Shang-Chi. excited for this. Yeah. Because Shang-Chi is a character who is, for the most part, he's been around for a very long time. A lot of people don't know this. Right. Um, but he, he came more to prominence in the uh, early to mid-2000s. Uh, in the Brian Michael Bendis era, because one of the things that Brian Michael Bendis did pretty much flawlessly was reintroduce characters that had been more or less forgotten in the old era of the Marvel Universe yep. in the 70s and 80s. Yep. Characters that never really took off for one reason or another. Yeah, you bring up those and, those smaller, lesser-known yeah. characters, and all of a sudden you can recreate them Dude, in modern day as like a great character. He brought them all in and made them awesome. And Shang-Chi yeah. is a prime example of this. Because when Shang-Chi first came out, Everybody just sort of looked at him as like, oh, here's another Bruce Lee-style character, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He does kung fu, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, he was kind of bland when he first came out. Brian Michael Bendis reintroduced him as a completely fresh character, keeping true to his origin, and made him a member of the goddamn Avengers. Yeah. And it was fucking great. Yeah, it was really awesome. And it so was really cool. So what's really exciting about this movie is not just the fact that we're getting a Shang-Chi movie. What's really exciting about it is that it's called... Shang Chi and the Legend of the was it Legend of the Ten Rings. Legend of the Ten Rings, dude. Yeah. So Ten Rings. For those of you that watched yeah. the you know Phase One Marvel movies, the terrorist organization that abducted Tony Stark in the first Iron Man movie, the Ten Rings. And Ten Rings. Mandarin. Yeah. Hello. So going back all the way to the beginning, right? So yep. a call back all the way to the beginning, and the Ten Rings that abducted Iron Man, and the fact that. Um, Iron Man, it, like that whole movie, like kind of set the tone for the entire universe to where we are right now. Now we're going to get Shang Chi going back and fighting, like yeah, I guess not the Mandarin. Well, but see, like, here's, here's what I want them to do because so, like, so will it be the Mandarin? See, here's or, what like, I want them to who do. Who will it be? So, friend of the show Parker and I have had lots of arguments about this because he is not a fan of Iron Man three. Okay. Okay. Because they they you know they nerf you with the Mandarin. You know they they yeah, show you I Ben mean, Kingsley as the Mandarin, right, and, then and it's, not, it's a total yeah, a total Mandarin, fake out. Right. But then they give you that little Marvel one shot, that little five minute short where he's in prison and he's like, oh no, the Mandarin is actually real. Right. And that pissed my right. that pissed friend of the show Parker off because he thought it was a cop out. Okay. I tend to disagree and I say because first of all I think Iron Man 3 is a great movie but I tend to disagree and say I I think it makes perfect sense to have the fake Mandarin because if you look at Aldrich Killian who was the villain in Iron Man 3 his motivation was revenge Right, and right. I think it's a very easy to a very easy story to tell where the Mandarin is a real villain, and he was just manipulating 
Aldrich Killian to his own ends because he knew that Aldrich Killian was only only was out for revenge. He was right. just manipulating him to get to his own ends and just secretly working in the shadows with his little terrorist organization. And that's I think Shang Chi, the, the Shang Chi movie, will address that confusion about is the Mandarin actually real? What the fuck is the organization right. of the Ten Rings? What right. is that? I think it's really going to address it because frankly, you know, if you listen to John Favreau talk about why he didn't go full on with the Mandarin Iron Man. 3, because at that time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah, and especially the, the way of what, yeah. at the fucking precipice, and, espe- know, and like, especially the way they had established Tony Stark's character yeah. and his impact in the Marvel Universe, it was not very fantastical. No. You know, it, it was very much set in reality, especially with Iron Man one and two. It was all about you know, Iron Man one was a corporate you know or espionage type of villain. Iron Man two was you know Russian spy nonsense, and so it didn't make sense. And I agree, it didn't make sense to go with. I'm sorry, not John Favreau. Shane Black, sorry. Um, it didn't make sense to go with a, a super sci-fi, mystical, magical villain for Iron Man 3. Well, John it totally did the first Iron Man. But, but, but I'm saying, but Shane Black, right? Shane Black didn't go full Mandarin in Iron Man right. 3. Right, okay. It yeah, didn't Iron make Man sense 3, right. with the way they had established that character. And I completely right. agree. And I think this is a great way to revisit the Mandarin and be like, no, he is real, he is a thing, and this is how we're going to introduce him. It fits Shang-Chi's backstory fits so much more with the Mandarin's backstory than Iron Man does, even though I, even though Mandarin is classically an Iron Man villain in the comic books. I think from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this matchup makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I definitely think that this is the way to go for them to be able to bring a real Mandarin character with the real Ten Rings, the magical rings, and have them have magical powers, right, and bring them into the real Marvel Universe Right, I think it's great. I think the fact that they're going to do it as a movie instead of a TV show, I actually like this because yep. I prefer it as a one-off. And and then you're going to introduce the characters, and then you know you're going to build them into the rest of the universe. I I really I'm excited about it. I think it I think it'll be really good. Yeah, uh, I'm super excited. And for Seaman it. Leah. Yeah, yeah, you know I got to do yeah. some research on this guy because the name sounds familiar. I yeah. recognize his face, but. I got to do a little bit of research because I honestly don't remember like what I've seen him in. Yeah, he's been in a couple. I'm sure it's all awesome. Yeah, it's, it's it's been in a couple of different things, but I'm definitely like it's 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 really exciting that they're bringing you know kind of like a lesser known you know character to the big screen and you know yeah they're gonna revolve it around that around yep. him. You totally know? agree. Really really cool. I'm excited for it. What's next on the list? Uh, next on the list is Wandavision. So WandaVision, set to come out in spring of 2021, is a TV show. Now, this is going to be Wanda and, obviously, Vision. So it's going to be Scarlet Witch (laughs) and Vision. It's going to be a TV show about, I guess, their love affair. I mean, is this this going to be the Marvel version of, like... You know, like Will and Grace, like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so this like is this this one. I'm a little up in the air about. Yeah, I mean, this is the show that I think we arguably know the least about. But what has me excited for this show is that um, two things. A, I mean, Scarlet Witch is awesome in the MCU, and B, uh, well, actually, no, it's, it's C, I guess, on this one. B and C. So I'm excited for this one because I I really want to know 
what happened to the Vision after Infinity War? Because right. remember, the Vision was Jarvis. He was AI. Or is this a and, like is this a, a prequel or exactly? Something? So it, it might be a prequel. Who knows? But I think it would be great to tell the story about what happened to the Vision after Thanos ripped the stone from his head. Because very much like Ultron, who is an AI, like the way that Ultron in the comic books consistently comes back every time they think they've beaten him is that he just like you know backdoors into some other sort of server and like you know stores his AI on a server for a few years until he's ready to come back. Right. They could very easily tell the story about Vision, even though he had the Soul Stone ripped from his head. No, he backed up his fucking hard drive on, you know, one of Tony Stark's computers, and he comes back. That yeah. would be cool. But what's more exciting about this show is the fact that, that, that Marvel has said that it's going to tie directly into another MCU movie in Phase 4, which is Doctor Strange... And the multiverse of madness. Yeah, I like, agree. And how it's going fucking to have, awesome. Not only that, but it's also going to have an adult version of Monica Rambeau, who was, so cool. was in, obviously, the Captain Marvel movie. And it's going to be a, a, a way that they can introduce another new character into the Marvel MCU, but as an adult. Right. And give the chance to say, okay, if. The Captain Marvel character that we have doesn't work out. Well, we have another place to go with it. Or we can have another super-duper powerful person. Like, so that's one of the things. With this with this show and where they can go with it, I'm, I'm really skeptical about. Like, this is the one that I'm really, like, worried. Like, they're not going to do a good job. That I could really be skeptical because... Yeah. Because, like... You're, there's so much that's involved. Are you gonna have uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in, or you know, in this movie, like, or, or in this show, like, you know, it's gonna lead into Doctor Strange. You know, without him, how does it lead in? There's so many things that they could do wrong. Yeah. Right. Like that's the thing with TV. You have a better medium where you can tell a better story, but it also gives you the, th the chance to do a lot more wrong. See, here's what story. I think they're going to do, because, you know, the of all the characters in the MCU, I would say that Scarlet Witch is the one who has the who, who they've least explored the potential of her powers. And if we're talking about from a comic book perspective, we all know that one of her most incredible powers is the fact that she can literally alter reality. Yeah, she can like, do anything. She's one of the most powerful people in the entire MCU. And they yeah. really haven't addressed that in the comic books. So I think – I'm sorry, in the movies. I think it would be a really – I think the whole show is probably going to revolve around her sort of discovering this aspect of her powers, Vision trying to keep it in check, and the climax of the show will be Doctor Strange showing up and being like, hey uh, – let me help you with this because that's exactly the way it happened in the comic books because she had the, quote, chaos magic, which was magic but not, like, the same kind of magic that Doctor Strange practiced. So in the comic books, he shows up after she has her freak out with House of M and all that shit. Yep. He, and, and, and the, and the, and the uh, Avengers disassembled. He shows up to more or less try to teach her how to use her powers. So I think that's how they're going to play it. The whole show will revolve around her discovering her powers and not being able to control them and strange shows up at the end and that leads directly into the movie and it's all about the repercussions of what she had done in the show and like basically fixing reality more yeah. or less yeah i couldn't agree with you more and and it's gonna be it's it's definitely gonna be one that we is going to again you know it's so 
frustrating to say, but it's a must-watch show. Yeah. It's a much-watched yeah. episode. Like, we have to watch it. We have to see it and, like, to see where it's going to go from there. Yeah, 100%. Right? And how it's going to build into the universe. And I think it's going to be great. Um, yeah. um, I, I agree. It's the one I'm least excited for, but I think it might also be the one that surprises us the most. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or, or lets us down the most. Well, yeah, Who knows? There's always that Who potential. Knows? Who knows? Uh, next on the list is Doctor Strange. So Doctor oh, Strange, the baby. movie, is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse the of Madness. madness. And uh, it is supposed to be a horror movie. So Now, great. this is something that we've talked about, that the brilliance of the Marvel Universe is the fact that they are able to create different versions of movies. You have your rom-coms, you have your action, you have your sci-fi, you have your comedy. You have all these different versions of movies that are all based around Marvel characters. The one that we have yet to see and we were supposed to get with New Mutants, yep. but we never got... Is the horror movie. That movie right? Well, I still hope that we. I do. want to, yeah. You know, and it's and it's almost like it's. It feels now. It feels almost like uh, who cares? Like like the no, like the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Oh my Four god! Movie yes, did, right. So it true. feels like it feels like a, a movie that's never gonna get released, but like it's gonna eventually be released. Yep. On like bootleg DVD that you're only gonna be able to buy <laughs> from some shady yeah. guy at the a the dollar Con. bin at the blockbuster. Yeah, no, but from some shady guy at a Comic Con, <laughs> like you know, he's gonna have it on bootleg DVD. I can't wait to get to that yeah. point. You know, and like so we'll see, but like it's going to be a horror movie based around Doctor Strange, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. Now we don't know a lot about it. We know that obviously Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be Doctor Strange, but we don't know a lot about it, and we're gonna go from there. And um, but it is going to be a horror movie, and it's going to have a multiverse like element to it, which is really really cool. And you know, hope you know, obviously now not just something that was thrown to the wayside in the Spider-Man movie, but is now something that's that could be real. Yeah, going full multiverse, which mm-hmm. I'm a fan of. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Um, the next one to talk about is the TV show again on the Disney plus app and that's Loki, right? So again, Loki, now this is going to be coming out in spring of 2021, spring 2021. Um, it's going to be again, based around a multiverse. It's going to be very heavily based around the space stone and the, the cosmic cube and everything that they do, uh, with that. And it's, it's going to be obviously the one, you know, I want to say like hanging Chad that is not <laughs> resolved from from Avengers Endgame. Yeah, this is exciting because it addresses the question of where did Loki go after he took the space stone in that scene in Endgame because that, you know, prior to that Loki had died in Infinity War. But then they go into the into the you know the, the timeline more or right. less into an alternate right. universe and look through a series of coincidences Loki ends up getting the Space Stone, and he just vanishes. So this, I think we now know that this is where Loki ends up. But we don't really know much else about it, and I'm excited about that because... Yeah, me too. They could literally go anywhere with this. Yeah, they really could go in a number of different ways, a number of different directions, and it's an opportunity for them to really not only build out a multiverse... But to bring in characters, yep. to bring in people, actors, 
you know, from different movies, very similar to the way that the CW is going to be doing it with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yep. And their one three-episode, you know, kind of storyline that they're going to do in story arc. But this is a way for them to be able to do that in a long-form way. Absolutely. And I think it's really cool. We're all wondering about it. We all want to see it. So... You know, we're going to get that chance to see that Loki TV show. I can't wait for the Loki show. Tom Hiddleston is just yeah. so fucking good as Loki. Yeah, and he's going to be reprising the role, reprising the role <laughs> as... Reprising. Reprising, <laughs> reprising the role as Loki, which is really cool. Um, next on the list is the What If uh, story. Now, oh man. So, now, for those of you out there who are not a comic book fan, if you have never read a Marvel What If story, they are very similar to a DC Elseworlds story. It essentially gives you the opportunity to say, what if, you know, Punisher became Captain America? Right. What if Venom possessed the Punisher instead of possessing Andy Brock? Yep. What if, you know, so whatever, Anything, whatever yeah. happened. And it, it, literally, the sky is the limit. And, like, all these, like... The way that you create your own narrative in your own head and you're like, well, what if this happened instead of this? Yeah, it's like ultimate fan fiction. This is going to be that show. And it's going to be animated and it's going to have the real actors doing the voice acting, which I think is awesome. It's so exciting. I'm going to call it right now. I believe that this means we are going to get Robert Downey Jr. back as Iron Man. A hundred thousand percent. And yeah. Chris Evans is going to come back as Cap for oh, like 100%. one episode. Like we're going to get all these guys back. It's going to be it's going to be the fucking best. And you know it's animated, like we said. And this is like sky is the limit. Yeah. And this one might be the one I'm most excited for because you can literally literally do anything with it yeah and, there, and, and there's no limit there's no limit to it there's, there's no limit no to it. limit there's no restrictions it's going again it's going to be animated so like even though there's rights that are owned by different people like you're not gonna have that yeah. coming into this it's it's gonna be like an awesome cartoon show and it's I, I really think it's going to be pretty cool. And how cool uh, would it be if know. they? How cool and would it be? Standalone episodes, so you watch yeah. one episode, and you don't have to watch every episode. You can watch one episode that appeals to you, and not watch everything else, right? Like, so that's really cool. And how cool would it be if they go? You know, they go all in on the multiverse theory. How great would it be if? They had like one episode of the What If. It's a standalone episode, and they just go something completely off the wall, and it gets like a lot of fanfare. Yeah. How great would it be if they then brought that into a multiverse storyline in the the canon MCU? Into the canon, because they could do that. They absolutely could do that. They absolutely could. Super hype. Yeah, I think it's going to be great and uh, just another great addition. Yeah. Um. Again, on the TV side, moving forward. Uh, the next show that we're going to talk about is the Hawkeye show. So excited. Are you? Yes, because cause like I said, Hawkeye is one of the characters that didn't really get a send-off in Endgame, which is fine. And Yeah, and Jeremy Renner, yeah, he's a good actor. I just, I, I don't think that Hawkeye is, he's not Oliver Queen. He's right. He's not the Green Arrow. He doesn't have the same 
basis, I'm just not I'm not excited for this one. Well, because I'm not, this one I'm very not excited for. So I'm excited for this one because it's not I don't really think it's going to be about Hawkeye as much as it's going to be about Kate Bishop, who in the comics becomes a young Hawkeye as a member of the Avengers. And, you know, I think it really opens the door to some cool young Avenger, young Avengers possibilities, especially considering that in Endgame, when we saw Scott Lang's daughter, she was all grown up. And we all know from the comic books that in uh, in the comic books, Scott Lang's daughter, Cassie Lang, becomes stature. Right. And right. I think that would be cool to maybe not go full Young, young Avengers, Avengers, but maybe right, have okay. Stature make a cameo in this show and have a little thing like that going on, you know? And like, I would rather have Young Avengers be a TV show on the Disney Plus app right. than, than I would it be a movie. And you know, and so that's, that's the, the direction that they're going, I would rather them go in that direction. And that would be really cool. But I don't think that Jeremy Renner – like Jeremy Renner is a good actor, right? And yeah. Like, and and I think that he w- he has played Hawkeye very well, but I don't think that Hawkeye is has the depth. I to bet you do he dies. I bet you he dies in the show. I hope I, I hope he yeah. dies. I, I hope it's like I hope it's like uh, Edward Stark. I hope he dies yeah. like at the end of the first yeah. season. Like well, I don't, all of a sudden it blows you away. Like that would make it awesome. See, and I don't think that if if I were if I were a betting man, I would bet that. This is going to be a one-season thing, and the whole purpose of it is to introduce the character of Kate Bishop to bring her into the movies. Yeah, I don't disagree. And they'll probably kill yeah. Hawkeye, or, or or make it so that he can't feasibly come back in any way. You know? Yeah, like, I don't disagree with you. I mean, and it could be a cool way to do that and, and introduce that new character. But again, I, I if they're going to do it, I hope they kill him off at the at the end yeah. of the first season. But I agree, this is the one that I'm probably actually the least excited. Yeah, for. I'm really the least excited yeah. for. So. Uh, the next movie is Thor. Now, this is a movie oh, getting man. away from TV. Wow. This is not going to be on the Disney Plus app. I mean, eventually it will be, but this is Thor. Uh, Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Yeah, talk Love about coming Thunder. out of nowhere with this one. Yeah. So, well, but is it, though? No, it really is. Because so if you if you remember back to when Thor the Dark World came out, Natalie. Terrible movie. Right. But Natalie Portman was very vocal about not returning to the MCU in any sort of serious capacity because she had very strong disagreements with the director um, for Thor 2 and how that whole thing played out. Just creative differences. Like she was not happy with the movie um, and her part in the movie and a lot of different things about it and the things happening in the MCU. She was very vocal about that. And so I was even surprised they got her back for Endgame for those, those few bits. So clearly something has shifted because it must be Taka Wakiti who uh, Taka Wakiti yeah. who's coming back to Watiti who is coming back to direct this who directed Wat-titi. Ragnarok. Um, it must be something that he has worked his magic with because Natalie Portman is now returning for Thor four as Jane Foster. As Thor. As She's Thor. going to be fucking Jane Foster now, Thor. Now, I mean, eventually she'll be in the movie. Like, is this going to be something where it's a gimmick? Is she just in it for part of it? No, is I think it's going to be... the entire thing? How do they tell the story? It's really going to be kind of up in the air. You've got Fat Thor, and he's going to be part of, like, the Asgardians of the Galaxy, which they... Did not announce See, as Guardians of the Galaxy, so it's no, like, they announced it, but not. They just announced that it's happening right, as part of Phase Five. Right. But see, but see, here's the Wait, thing right. though: Phase Five, not right. Phase Four. See, here's the thing though: with the Jane Foster Thor, they don't need to put this movie 
in the the main timeline because remember again one of the big questions that everybody had after the end of Endgame is what did Cap do with Thor's hammer? Yeah. And that to me is a very easy way to tell the story of how Jane Foster gets it. Right. In an alternate timeline, right. she picks up the hammer, you know, Thor the Dark World ends very differently in this timeline. She picks up the hammer and boom, you know. Now you have her as Thor. Yeah. Yeah, like she we know like we know that Chris Hemsworth has been cast in the movie, but for all we know, he could fucking die in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? We, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I I think it's a very cool the potential for a very cool story is there, yeah. and, and 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 you know with 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 uh, Watiti, Watiti, how do you say his Watiti? last name? Watiti, anyway, yeah. with him back at the directing helm, with the magic he Takiya, worked, yeah, Taika, Taika Watiti, with the magic he worked for Ragnarok, <laughs> like I I I am not. I'm not counting anything out with this movie. I think it's going to be a fucking blockbuster. Yeah, and I think it's going to be hilarious. I think it's going to be a great comedy. If you watch Thor Ragnarok, which was awesome, uh, I'm hoping that they bring back even some of the characters like Korg. Dude, they meet. have to. If they don't bring back Korg, they and have meet, to. Like, it's really going to be disappointing. Yeah, they have to. And imagine, like, oh, if yes, Jeff Goldblum yes, comes yes, back, yes, like yes, Korg, yes, yeah. <laughs> Piss off, ghost. Yeah. Piss oh. off, ghost. Meek is dead. Meek is dead. Oh, I guess he's not uh, dead. Nope, he's not dead. He's not dead. Nope, he's not, not dead. Right. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so hyped for this yeah, movie. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be cool. Uh, moving on, next one is the one that everyone knows about, and that's Black Widow. Whew, so baby. obviously Already started filming. Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. It's going to be a prequel series. It's going to be a – or a movie, rather. Yeah, it's, a movie. It's going to be a movie, not a TV show. Um, it's going to be taking place or, or coming out in May of 2020. So really, really cool. Um, it also is going to have the bad guy as Taskmaster and David Harbour from Stranger Things fame is going to be the Red Guardian, who now, is essentially the Soviet like Captain America. I am so excited about that because I, I've always loved Red Guardian in the comic books. I've always loved his appeal, his whole gimmick of being the Soviet Captain America, and seeing how this movie is a prequel, obviously very heavily based most likely on her past in the Red Room and becoming a Soviet spy and all that stuff. The addition of the Red Guardian is great, and like, you know, not quite sure, you know, Taskmaster is the rumor is the big bad, not quite sure how he fits in, but regardless, I have a lot of faith in this movie. I love Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow, and I'm super excited for this movie. And I love Taskmaster as a villain. Taskmaster so good, is such yeah. a cool villain to be able to have in the shows. It's it's one of those comic book characters that, like, it, like if you were asking us, again, in the early 2000s or the mid-90s, like, as a kid, I, I would never have imagined Taskmaster would yeah. ever be on any mainstream movie ever. Like, yeah. He's just one of those characters that he's so outside the box, but he's so cool that you just don't expect him to be a part of the mainstream. Right. And now he's going to be, and that's really right. awesome. Because he has such a, like, I mean, you know, he's got such a silly comic book power, you know. Yeah. I can mimic anything yeah. that I see. I can, blah, 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 yeah, exactly. You know, like, it's such a silly power. And he's power. got the skull face yeah. and the hood. Because he's you so know, cool like, looking, but it's such a silly, ridiculous yeah, power. But, like, the way so they write the his character is so great. One of my favorite Taskmaster cameos was in uh, the uh, the Dugan and Pushane run of Deadpool, nice. um, where Deadpool is trying to kill this like evil. He's got he's got a contract out on this evil corporate baddie, and he's hired a bunch of like B list uh, mercenaries to protect them, and one of them is Taskmaster. 
and Deadpool's fighting Taskmaster, and he's like, he's like, what are you doing here? And Taskmaster just whispers to him. He goes, he goes, I'm sorry, Wade. He goes, my heart's just not in this one. And then, and then Deadpool goes, don't worry, I'll make it look good. And he basically, he basically just like jobs to Deadpool. Yeah, he's like, he's like, my heart's not in this one. He goes, yeah. don't worry, I'll make it look good. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite Taskmaster cameos in like all of Marvel. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> My no, heart, my heart's not in this one. Yeah, it's great. He it jobs really to Deadpool. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's really awesome. Um, all right, and the final movie we want to talk about, uh, which is really cool, holy shit, is the remake of Blade. Holy shit, and bringing shit. Blade into the MCU. Now, uh, so this is part great. Of me, part of me is heartbroken that it's not going to be Wesley Snipes. Of course. But part of me is really excited that it's going to be uh, Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Right? And, like, he's – he's he. if there was anyone that I would have to pick to pick up the mantle after Wesley Snipes, I would say Mahershala Ali. And yeah. I'm so excited that he was cast. I'm so – I think he's going to do a great job as Blade. I think they can do a really great storyline with Blade. Um now, is this going to be a movie, or is this going to be... It's a movie. It is a movie. Now, yeah. they don't have a date yet right. for this. That's the only thing on right. the on the slate that does not have a date. Right. Um, I believe it's Phase 4, so it's yeah. going to have a date soon. So it's going to be either 2020 or yeah. 2021, so... But here's the exciting thing about... The, well, not not, ex, not exciting, I guess. Here's the, the question. So Mahershala Ali obviously played Cottonmouth in Luke Cage right, season in the, one. in the, the TV show. Right, right. which you know, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica right. Jones, Iron Fist, those were all MCU canon shows. Even though they really never tied in, they were established canon shows. So, does having Mahershala Ali as Blade, does that negate all of those shows from the MCU canon? That's the big question that I have. No, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I don't think it does either. But to be honest, even if it did, I think I would be okay with it as long as they brought the characters back. But well, I would Cotton much Mouth, rather than... Doesn't Cottonmouth die at the end? Well, he does, but it's still the matter of, you know, he it's the same fucking guy, you know. Well, like, you, you know, know, he's going to look different. Yeah, but I want them... I mean, I, I don't want to erase the those shows from canon. I want them to stay in canon, even if they never do anything with them again. I want them to remain in canon because they were so fucking good. But Blade... I'm sorry, Mahershala Ali as Blade, I agree, I think is phenomenal casting and i think it just opens up a whole it opens up a whole other fucking you know door into the mcu i it just it you know and there's and there's a lot of potential for crossover with characters like doctor strange and that magic element of the vampires and there's a lot of potential for crossover with those characters and it just opens up the door to so many other new characters and I am extremely excited about it for all of those reasons. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't wait. I can't yeah, wait. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I think I think that it could be a really cool movie. You know, like the first Blade movie was really awesome. And like I really think they can do a lot with it. They can bring in vampires. You know, you can really do a really true to the vampire mythos story, which I really don't feel has been done that often in in movies. 
And I really think that this could be something that's very, very different and yeah. it really could bring it into the MCU. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I'm so. super excited for it. So though. lots have come out, lots to talk about, lots to get excited for. You know, we, we, we could talk, we could sit here, we could, we could review it all day with you guys, you know, but, the, you know, there's tons and tons and tons to get excited for and to talk about. Um, but yeah, you know, let us know what you think about like everything that's going to be coming out. Let us know what you think is going to be happening. Um, definitely, you know, go on, follow us on Instagram at ready, set review, you know, send us an email, uh, just ready, set review at gmail.com. Uh, just let us know what you think, you know, let us know what, what you guys are excited for. Let us know theories that you guys have. Um, and we'll talk about them on the air. You know, we want we want to we want to know everything that you guys think about, and and we're really excited. I mean, obviously, hey, we're onto something here because DC are true reviewers, and they are literally listening in because they <laughs> have now taken everything that we've said and they're putting it into their universe. So yeah, you know, it's gonna be now. Great. Next step, Marvel. Right. Next step is the Illuminati of Disney. So yeah. listen to listen to the words we say. We're fucking geniuses. We are geniuses. I mean, it's like so yeah. amazing. No, <laughs> no we're gonna thanks, make you a lot thanks, of money. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks for uh, thanks for having a little bit of uh, uh, of a time off and and getting a chance to to hang out with us. And as always, stay tuned, true reviewer.